Hey y'all, it's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys have not one, not two, but three five-minute initiatives consisting of Yak, Fife, and Paper Dungeons. They also give us an extended look at Quartermaster General 1914, plus fall is in the air, which means pumpkin everything. Oh, no, wait. Lawn care tips. Hello, welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 267. Shout, shout, let it all out. (laughs) These. Okay, we'll stop there. Okay, so Tony, it's so funny. We didn't have a title, so we're going to be talking about the card game Scout, Scout. and then mm-hmm. I would just go Scout, Scout, let, let it all out. out. I don't know. Yes, that's Marty. I'm Tony. Anybody who knows me knows that pretty much if there is any point in a conversation and a lyric to a song is even semi mentioned, I will start singing. If it. you can remember, Galileo. <laughs> I still, I still get tickled over that because oh, yeah, Danny too. was just staring at us like, what are y'all doing? I said, somebody has had to do that because there, there's a game coming out from them called Galileo, which I'm actually excited to check out. Yeah. But she said, no, nobody's done that. And I went, wow. Okay. We actually did do something original. When this episode is released, which yes. is next week, uh, the 13th of September, we will be one, two, three, four. I will be four days from Mega MooseCon. So excited about that. I hope if those that are in the neighborhood and that listen to us can um, come on down, I will definitely be there on Saturday. And then I just found out today, I might be going driving to Raleigh on Sunday. Oh, joy. I don't know. We don't know what the schedule is right now with our Donna's parents coming back from the New York, heading back down to Florida. And it's one of those things where, okay, they're supposed to be here this weekend. No, they're doing this weekend. So whatever. But yes, Mega Moose Con. Mega Moose Con. A little score for y'all, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night down in Richburg, South Carolina. It's all day. It's not just nights. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'll be going, uh, my office isn't that far from there. So I'll be just going right down the interstate and going, hanging out Friday night. I'm looking forward to Saturday morning, uh, going to play Lord of the Rings. Got a kind of a group of people set up to play that. I'm excited to play the L- LCG again. And I am I think I'm part of that. You are. And I've already got pre-constructed decks and scenarios. So just came out, hang out and play. At 11 o'clock, we're having an auction. Yes. We're going to be auctioning off some of the games that we have, and uh, that'll be fun. I know. we got. I think Mark said he is going to be our auctioneer. We'll see. If not, then this will be a poor auction at best with you and I trying to do it. But we're going to be throwing some games together. We're going to have a couple mystery boxes where people can bid on. They don't know what's in it, but by gosh, take, take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance on me. Take a chance. Take a chance. Dang it. I missed the opportunity. That was pretty good. On our Discord channel, we got a group of people that I've been talking to. We're going to be going to the front porch Saturday night for supper. Front porch is like a local country restaurant, which is absolutely amazing. And uh, I get to go there once a year, and that's during Mega Moose. It's just it's just good Southern comfort food. Mm-hmm. And then I get to go uh, to the house after that, probably. I'll see how late I stay. We'll see how it goes. 
See how tired I am. Got to get up early. Got to get down there. Got to drive. What? And it also depends on what I'm doing that Sunday. So, you know, driving to Raleigh is only three hours away and then driving back the same day is always fun. You've done that. So, oh, constantly. Now, if you go to Raleigh, uh, go by the Limited Run game store and tell me how it looks. I don't know where it is. Is it down near Fuquay Varina? It's in Cary. I will not be anywhere near it. I'll be on the, I know, southern side of that. But it is that time of season. Turn, turn. I was waiting for it. (laughs) He was actually looking at me like, are you going to do it? So I had to do it. (laughs) And my favorite YouTuber, Silver Symbol, um, put out his how to get rid of weeds in his yard. Oh, okay. And I watched it the other night, and he's bought this new house up in, I think it's Massachusetts, and he has been having to transfer this yard. And I'm going to tell you, I was looking at some of the chemicals he's applying because it's time to get ready to aerate and seed. Sure. But now's the time to kill the weeds. Mm. And we've had this in our Discord channel. It's not just you and I kidding around on the show. People are actually asking for lawn care advice. And you need to be prepping your yard to get ready for that aeration. You need to be killing out because what you don't want, first off, you don't want to be putting down pre-emergent right now. But if you are spraying a something to kill weeds and kill various uh, items, or you need to kill off patches of grass, I'm debating on killing off the Bermuda that's taking over down by my mailbox, or do I just let it go down the, the whole stretch between the sidewalk and the street? I do not like Bermuda. You don't? Do, I just don't like the way it looks in the f- in the winter. It's brown. I know. I just I just don't like I mean fescue will stay green pretty much. I mm-hmm. understand that if you, it's hard to care for in the summertime, but I just like the way it looks better in the winter. But I think your point is is if you put down weed killer now, you better do it now before you aerate or your seed won't germinate because there's leftover weed killer left on the ground. And that can impact your seed growth and from that point or if you need to do like I do, need to kill off a certain patch to get it replanted, now's the time to do it. And and Bermuda, you cut it to the ground, you spray it with Roundup, you kill everything there, and then you have to get that ground ready to go. What would you do? Would you kill off? You don't like how it looks. I I don't like Bermuda because to me, Bermuda is a cancer. It just spreads. And it takes it forever. It does. I, I, there is a, uh, my neighbor has started doing some Bermuda and it's ticking me off because there's part of our yards that abut each other. So I have to keep burning it off my yard. Yeah. Burn it off or uh, spray the non-spread stuff, whatever that is. Where yeah. you, and that's the other thing. I plan on moving out of this house in maybe five, six years or whatever. And I'm like, I could just let someone else deal with it. And I'm still pissed. I'm like, how in the world did it get in my yard? But a lot of it has to do with other mowers. Just it could have been latent seed in a bag of seed. Wait a minute. So nobody around you has Bermuda? No. That is weird. Usually because cause somebody else has it and it got in your yard. I'm wondering, seriously, I think it's blown from like a mower's or other mower. Because if, they if they're not cleaning their decks after they go and come cut Bermuda, then that can carry forward, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I've got to make that decision. i got to do that this week if I'm going to kill it off. He talked about Anderson's fertilizer, and they were running a special over Labor Day. And it was one bag carrier, does 15,000 square feet, and it's got scourge in it. And it looked amazing. And I've looked up. I could You can't find Anderson. You got to order it online. I'm like, isn't that illegal? I remember the scourge from Warcraft three. Okay. (laughs) You don't. You don't remember the scourge? Having to deal with the scourge. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's like Bermuda. Yeah. That's it. Scourge is like Bermuda. Are you prepped? Are you ready to go? Yeah. Oh. 
Okay, mister, I'm all about my lawn. Number one, I there's not a lot of weeds. I mean, I'm just simply aerating, aerating seed. That's all I'm going to, that's the only prep I'm going to be doing. Okay. Now, I do have a lot of bushes I need to trim because mm-hmm. uh, a little over a year ago, I cut bushes down to the nub because mm-hmm. uh, they were getting a little too crazy. And it's taken them this long, but they finally re-sprouted. And now they're getting crazy again, so I got to go out there and get them shaped. I just didn't want to do it now. Well, now's not a good time to do it. You know, fall they really grow real quick, hmm. so I'm uh, getting ready to trim those. Trim those now. And yeah. here's the thing: if you're new to the show, and this is your first episode <laughs> checking this out. We're a board game show. <laughs> you're probably like you're probably looking at your feed, going, "I am very confused. <laughs> I thought this was a board game podcast." But uh, and the people who are very uh, used to listening to this show, that know that every once in a while we talk about lawn care. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's really two times of the year that it comes up a lot, especially, and it does come up in our Discord channel, Tony. People it share does. pictures of their yard and they say, what should we do here? It's 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 funny. So yeah, one of our Discords, and I know a long time ago, Ben, Ben, look at Anderson's Scourge. He highly recommended that. Not a, You know, it's the same thing. You see something good on YouTube or some people sharing knowledge. There's so much out there that it's very hard for, you know, to, to capture it all or see something good. So it's always nice to know when you, Hey, I've encountered this YouTube channel and it's very helpful. Yeah. Unlike this podcast, you found this podcast. It's not very helpful. It's not very helpful. Nor was the YouTube release we did. That wasn't very helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're recording this the day before that first episode of the video release. So I'm curious what people think. Uh, leave a comment on the YouTube section of the video. Let us know what you think or in our Discord channel. Uh, we're just going to keep trying this. We, we got, I think we have an idea for our next one. Mm-hmm, uh, well, it's, it's going to be way more uh, game focused. That first one was just kind of like, you know, getting the feel of it, explaining what we're doing. The next one is a more focused topic and it will actually be on a tabletop game. Yep. Yep. It will be. Yep. We'll see how it goes. I don't, you know, whatever. And if you're not a member of our Discord channel, head over there and, and join. We have a great time over there. And we don't ever promote this this much, but we do have uh, a way if you want to support the show, you can do so. You can head over to buymeamoonpie.com. And you can support the show there either through a one-time donation or a recurring donation. And if you do, please let me know because if you're a member of the Discord channel, you get a part of a special channel that's only available to those that actually support the show. And we do some different things with them. And uh, there's actually something I want to do for uh, certain tier levels, uh, Tony, that I'll talk with you offline about. Something that I've done before. I thought it'd be really good for our group to do uh, for those who, who support us. And um, it has to do with a former podcast that was all about like playing games on their, on their podcast. And the host of that show kind of does weekly game nights on video. And I think it'd be a fun way to hang out with a bunch of listeners. Put it on the calendar. We'll make it happen. <laughs> well, there's got to be some more logistics of that. So uh, about uh, who, who would get to join everything like that. But mm-hmm. it would be uh, those who support the show would automatically uh, just get to come and participate in something like that. So, and I, yeah. And I appreciate you recording early tonight. So that because because I've got to get my daughter to the airport at 430 in the morning. So that's always fun. That's called Uber. No, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> Uber. Would you Uber, you know, Adam to the airport from there? No. Well, not, I'm not, I'm too far away. I mean, airport's right down the street from you. I know. 
But still, I'm no, like four thirty. I know you are. At least four thirty, traffic won't be bad. Yeah, it's kind of like having when I did this game day over the weekend. Somebody said, "Let's get started at eight a.m." I'm like, "The heck you say!" And why did we have to get started so early? Because somebody had to leave at five p.m. Thank you. And I hate that Kevin had to. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Kevin did too. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was fun. And in fact, uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, one of the games we played on that Saturday, Quartermaster General 1914, uh, which we'll talk about later in the show, but I'm glad we finally got that to table. Plus, can't go ahead and mention this now, we finally got to play a five-player Crescent Moon, uh, which is a game that came out early this year from Osprey. We really, really liked that game, but we had not had a chance to play five players. The fifth player adds in the Nomad Faction, which you got to play, which totally changes that game. Totally changes it. Which was not played well by me. Well, it was stressful because without the Nomad Faction in play, basically, if you want to buy mercenaries, you just pay two coin, you get a mercenary. Job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you as the Nomad, we can negotiate you for buying your mercenaries for us mm-hmm. to use. Especially the the class I was playing, the Mershed and the Sultan, they can't generate uh, units at all. So we have to get them from uh, mercenaries. One of the abilities that you were able to do was just take your mercenaries back. From, from a tile. So what you're looking at is letting you build them up. But I'm like, that seems counterproductive, but I could see where it would have been a benefit if I wanted to go in and take a area over. Did they convert back to you or actually come off the board? I think that they come off the board. They okay. I think they go to my reserve. Yep. And then someone can come in and buy them again. I, I don't really remember the, the, I mean, it would all be there having played it only once. I will say that this time it drug out. It drug out longer than I remember us playing previously. And I know we had two new players, but I don't know why. I don't, well, it seems like the turns were moving pretty quick. Two new players, 100% and a fifth player. And a fifth player. So wow. basically we're adding 12 actions to the game because mm. you know it's four actions per year mm. and so everybody gets 12 actions so we're adding a fifth player taking 12 additional actions so yeah it's going to be longer and i felt like there wasn't enough battle i could well number one sultan and me Mershid, aren't going to be doing a lot of battling so no mm. i was not going to be involved in any battles bert who played the warlord for the very first time this is first time playing i mean those guys are all about battling and getting victory points from battling so he probably could have done some more uh, also. You're, the thing with the Nomad, though, is you get your victory points by spending money during the scoring phase each year, and you generate your money by selling mercenaries. Or sacking. Or sacking, yeah. So maybe I hurt you because I wasn't coming to you often enough to get mercenaries, but I didn't have the money because people weren't going to the market to buy cards. Mm-hmm. And there's more Merced cards in the market than anybody else's. And I would get right. money for those. But exactly. Was only, is something going on in your phone? You got uh, got a call you got to take there? No, it's a, daily, it's a Monday reminder. Let <laughs> me take care of this. <laughs> Lord, hold on. Alexa, cancel reminder. <laughs> Alexa. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Alexa, cancel reminder. She is a piece of work sometimes. She she doesn't listen to you like your wife. Oh, Lord. (laughs) 
one second. My gosh. All right, you, you entertain people. I'll be right back. Alexa, I said cancel reminder. A few moments later. Piece of crap. Doesn't ever listen to me when I tell him to do something. Stupid thing. Listen to me constantly, and then you can't do what I ask you to do. God. Okay, I'm back. Are you okay now? Donna and Rebecca are gone, and that's Donna's reminder for um, her to take her medicines on Monday. Okay. So, good. So, uh, yeah. So we Crescent Moon. Crescent Moon, that was fun. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, good game. Took, took a little long. I was getting antsy. Yeah. I understand a little bit more about how I should have played the Nomad, but um, yeah, I, got, I got antsy. I'll leave it at that. I mean, it's still, still a very fun game. But God, it, 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 it was pushing. It was pushing the old long button on me. Well, again, we spent 20, 30 minutes just even teaching the game. If you sat down and played it again, it wouldn't be that bad because you wouldn't I have know. to listen to the teach again. But I'm that's not also, blaming the new players. Not no, blaming them at all. No, no, no. no. It's, well, no, it's not. But well, the thing is, though, with new players, even with everybody else, remember, it's all asymmetric abilities. Mm-hmm. And everybody's trying to remember, wait a minute, how did that faction score? How did that faction score? So... It's still in the running for my game of the year. I just really, really enjoy it. Um, okay. I'm just glad, finally glad uh, we got uh, five, five. You know, while we were there, uh, we got a, a shipment from uh, USopoly. We did. It was uh, some new uh, characters for Marvel Dice Realms, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you have and I have not had a chance to play. Have you had a chance to check this out yet? Uh, Rebecca and I did open up one of the boxes, the Black, uh, oh, wait a minute, the Black, Black Panther, Widow? no, oh, Black, Black Panther, Panther versus Captain Marvel. Mm. I played the f- first season, uh, I believe it was the Paladin and I forget what the other character was with Donna. Also, what, not the non-Marvel. It was the non-Marvel. The first time I've played it was with the non-Marvel. Right. Okay. Yeah. And this was the Marvel. And, uh, remember the game being one where it is straight Yahtzee. Yeah. And that's what people say. It's fast playing. And I'll admit, this is the first time we played with these characters. And I wasn't moving through cards, but I destroyed her because my roles were so good. And well, Captain Marvel's powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was, she was doing some serious damage to the black Panther. And, but he was able to, Rebecca was able to generate a lot of his cards, but she wasn't drawing his upgrades to his board. And I think a lot of that had to do with um, just bad draws. And mm-hmm. so when she was rolling, she wasn't able to do a lot of damage back to me. And I just need to go back and read those things. So, I mean, overall, for, for dice uh, realms, fast games, you know, 10, 15 minutes after you get them set up, if you enjoy dice rolling Yahtzee style games. So I have no knowledge of dice rooms at all from what you're saying though let me just pick up on a couple things so it's competitive yes when you say it's uh uh yahtzee style i guess you roll a set of dice and you can re-roll dice and you're trying to make patterns that's are it. those patterns used for activating abilities and such there you go there you go okay so so i mean you get to roll three times okay and you get bet best one best pattern you get you get to activate a various power on your board and depending on um if it's uh if you roll all sixes, that's the big power. Okay. Okay. That's the one that's going to do a lot of damage or uh, activate. If you roll a full house and like on my board, I had the ability to small, straight, large, straight. 
And I, I am really distilling it down to basically Yahtzee terms, and that's what it is. Okay. Full house. Yeah. Uh, is it you're trying to not uh, take yep. away health from the other? Okay. Yep. 50 points. And to be able to play the cards during the main phase or the action phase, you have to spend um, combat power points. We get one every turn. At the beginning of your turn, you get uh, one, draw one card, gain one combat point, unless it's the start of the game. Mm-hmm. And you also, as once you finish your main phase, you recycle again. The same player goes again and they attack again. But there's also defense dice that the other player can roll depending on their character and they can deflect or possibly deal damage back. And that's the thing with the Black Panther that he had his kinetic suit and he was able to reflect damage or do additional damage to me whenever he took attacks. So thematic from that standpoint where, you know, um, Nova Blast and Nova Core and... Or Captain Marvel. Yeah. And what if, you know, what if I wanted that more than he did? That's still stealing. But I want it more. Sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's my favorite scene in that one. (laughs) At the end, I, I wasn't sure what you, which one you're referring to. Okay, it's the first one where um, uh, Sprocket Rocket was, you know, at the end of it. Oh, I just love that scene. Sprocket it, Rocket. No, what's the name of the raccoon? Rocket. Yeah. It? What's yeah, Sprocket? I, I, it was a rhyme. Okay. Leave me alone. Okay, I'll leave you. But alone. yeah, but, but that's uh, maybe maybe before we have uh, a pre mark and PB prebert. Maybe I'll I'll throw one on the table and we'll play. How fast does it play? Fifteen minutes. Oh, okay, cool. And I'll I'll bring a a different faction this time, a different group to to play, and you can say, oh, okay, I understand that. But yes, uh, it's out now, everybody. If you loved Dice Realms, you're going to enjoy the Marvel Universe. Yeah, and that's U.S. Opley and Roxley Games. I believe mm-hmm. that's working together. Uh, to yeah, put it's, that out. It's, and you can play up to four, and you can play you know two, three, or four. Three is King of the Hill, and four. There's a unique way of doing combat on uh, playing three. So uh, I can't wait to see the other powers on there. But that that was our first game played. Yeah. Now another game that we got to the table that uh, everybody kind of really enjoyed was uh, Scout. Now this is a game that was Scout. nominated. Hmm? Scout. Let it all out. This is from Oink Games, and this was nominated for Spiel des earlier this year. And I'd heard of Oink Games before. They make these really small box card games. They're from Japan. And uh, there's a lot of clever Japanese designers that are just now kind of, their games are kind of making it over here and getting some Mm -hmm. notoriety in, in the West. And this is one of those. And one thing I love about Games like this, especially card games like this, it is so simple. The rules are very simple. But as you play the game, you start having these aha moments where you start seeing the brilliance of the game. At Gen Con, everybody was playing this game. And people would explain to me, I would say, well, what are you trying to do? Well, you just deal the cards and you pick them up and you can't reorder them in any way. I said, okay. They said there's a, a number on the top, a number on the bottom. So when you pick them up, you can either accept the order as it is facing one direction, or you can flip the the deck, your hand of cards once, and then that's it. So I said, what are you trying to do? And they said, well, trying to make sets, make runs, one, two, three, five, six, seven, or multiples of a kind. I said, well, well, I don't understand. How do you do that when you can't change the order of the cards? And they said, well, what you can do is somebody starts by doing a show. They're going to, the first player may put down two twos. 
And the next person has the option to beat that by playing a higher pair or a longer run or basically more cards of something like a run of three cards or three of a kind or something like that. But if not, they can take one of those cards that's on the table from the previous show and put it to their hand anywhere, anywhere in their hand, thus trying to create these sets. And I went, oh, okay. But then I walked away and didn't really understand it. So Tony, I brought it to the game group last week, taught it. And then as we played it, we started kind of seeing the brilliance of this game with the goal of trying to get all the cards out of your hand. Simple. I mean, build runs, build sets, sets beat runs, higher runs beat other runs. Real simple concept. Get the most victory points. So for me, well, a couple of things. One, I'm not happy with you for seeing this and then making me play it and now making me want it and now I can't get it. So why you didn't pick one up for Gen Con at me? I card games, dude. Come on, you're right. That that is totally. This was a Sunday purchase out of the blue that I just walked by right before they closed. I should have bought two copies. I I That's didn't okay. know. I just didn't know how good it was. Oh, you talked about victory points. So what's cool is if I do a a show, let's say I do a one two three four, and the next person takes one of my cards and puts it into their hand, I get a point if they take one of the cards from my show. So every time somebody takes a card from your show, you get a point. Or if you put down a run of cards that beats somebody else's, you take all of the cards from them and you'll, at the end of the round, get one point for each card that you've taken over the course of the round. But what's so clever is you trying to manipulate the cards of your hand by getting rid of maybe a card in your hand that's breaking up a really nice run for you so that you can get that run together and then play it in a future round. And unexpected things can happen. You're hoping certain runs are showing up on the table or how people do it. Because when you uh, scout another card, and I think you said this, but I'm not 100%, you can put it in your hand wherever you want, either up or down. The entertainment of this game, I think, for, for when you play it, comes from... The and this happened multiple times when you think you have played the ultimate run or set, <laughs> and it happened to me, it happened to you, yeah. And you're like, Oh, I got all of y'all. It's like flipping over a full house or a flush. I got y'all. I am going to score a bunch of victory points. And someone says, Oh, that's nice. I like that. Well, I'm going to do a scout from your hand and a show flip over my token that I can use once per round. And Oh, look, I just beat you and took that great cards that you had. <laughs> Thank you for all those victory points. And the, your face immediately shows the, the disappointment. You mean to tell me I had this incredible run of five and I got one point from that. Yep. It happened <laughs> to me. Person, and the other person just basically netted, Four points because he beat your... See, that's what's so clever about mm-hmm. it because as people take cards from the show, the show is easier to beat because yep. now there's less cards in that show that you have to beat at the point. And by the way, you can only pull a card from the far left or far right. You can't pull from the middle of a show. Either end, so you, you, you have to do that. And that's another thing. You're like, oh, please, please take it from that side. Please take it from that side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome it is so good man it plays in 15 minutes plays up to five players i love it it is uh, that okay. I, i'm gonna hold you does not play 15 minutes the rounds take 
there, there's got to be 15 minutes per round and you play a number of rounds per It's play. not 15 minutes per round. No way. It didn't take us an hour and 15 minutes to play on Saturday. Oh, I saw some AP going on. We we only completed three rounds and we started and it was 20 minutes before I before the witching hour hit. Okay. All right. So so let's say eight to 10 minutes per player. Sure. Let's just say that. Well, that still seems long because with five players, it wouldn't take 50 minutes. It, it it really does depend on the speed of the play versus I mean there if the AP is there it can go in there don't think you're going to go in and get a quick card game in even if everybody knows it maybe if everybody knows it you might be able to get it done in twenty minutes depending on every every person's going to add to the length of the game while I was there at Gen Con I was talking to the person from Oink the representative I said well. I want to buy another game that we can talk about on our show. I said, what would be good? He said, well, I'd prefer you buy one that's currently in distribution in the U.S. So he pointed me to Durian, which thematically makes sense with the show. It's a fruit Mm -hmm. that that we've experienced before. And uh, he said, people really like this one, too. So we've got Durian to play. I love all the boxes are the same size. They're probably like, you know, an inch and a half high and about four inches long and and two inches wide. It's 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 a throw in your in your game bag and have with you just uh, constantly. Oint games. I'm I'm hooked. I want more. And everybody I've talked to said, "Oh, you need to try this one. Oh, you need to try this one." There's just so many to try out. I was watching some of the videos on the Oint games to see what's available to see what else we could try out from them. I'm kind of curious about them. I'm interested in Durian, but I will definitely have Scout on my wish list at Miniature Market. Y'all, I'm telling you. The, the hype is real. I get it. If you just like quit. And the, what's so great about this, gamers will love this. And like just playing with friends and family who get together for card night, they'll easily pick this up because it's not, even though it's gamer friendly, it's not necessarily a hobby style game that people won't get or understand. If they played Rummy or Rook or anything like that, they'll totally get this. Yeah, because you can use the turns, runs and sets and things like that. It's just, remember when you put your cards on the table, which way they were facing when you pick them back up. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of cheating was going on at your house the other day. Just a bunch of people flipping cards. Uh, so um, Scout, by Oint Games, highly recommended by us, and I'm sorry for not getting Tony another copy. The other night on TMC, that's Turner Movie Classics, they had This Is Spinal Tap. I recorded it so my daughter could see the one iconic scene. Wait, 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 wait. She's never seen this movie? She's never seen this movie. Unbelievable. What kind of parent are you? Well, not a good one, obviously. But anyway, <laughs> it has an 11. Do you know who else has an 11? That would be Ignacio over at Portal Games. That's right. Portal Games 11 is coming up, coming over to Essen. Be sure if you're heading over that way, get your pre-orders in. I'm sure they'll be opening up soon. But 11, a little soccer football management. We had to use them both because not everybody understands. If I ever said football management, it depends on what kind. Con- anyway, 11 is on the table. Don't forget all of those other great games. You've got Gutenberg and a hit at Gen Con. Sold out in no time. That will be arriving soon in October. That is Brazil. So be sure to get your pre-orders in over at Portal Games so you can get a copy of that. But once again, I am very excited to see 11. 11. Uh, who was also uh, in uh, Stranger Things. Okay, I, I did not know that. So that's shopportalgames.com. Oh, wow. 
No, what? See, sh- what is it? PortalGamesUS.com. Oh, Ignacy's just just slapping his head right now. Unbelievable, guys. <laughs> I don't. Hold we on. Went I got my over business this card. at Gen Con. We went over what the URL is at Gen Con. Where, where, my, where did Donna move my business card? No wonder I can't get it right. Just Portal Games. <laughs> just Portal Games. Jeez. Shop Portal Games. Dot com because you can also pre-order the new solo game Wrath of the Lighthouse. Was it Wrath of the Lighthouse? He scrolled away too quick. Right, I'm gonna pull it up. Wrath of the Lighthouse, which is a solo game for um, Empires of the North. And don't forget the new army for Nirishima Hex Pirates. Pirates. That's right. Arrgh. Shop. Shop. Shop portal games. Shop portal Shop. games. Shop portal games. Dot com. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. We got to play a very family friendly game called Yak recently. Designer is Michael Liu. A publisher is Pretzel Games. And in this game, you are trying to build the best stone tower for by because the village elder has said, go build me a stone tower. Sure. I mean, uh, he just needs a stone tower to attract people to the village. And so on your turn, and in order to do this, you will get victory points at the end of the game based on the colors you have put together in your stone tower that are touching or various groups that are going on. But when you start your turn, you have three action cards. You can either add a stone to your building, to your tower. You may restock by placing more food in your yurt or wait, wait, what'd you say? Your yurt. What's a yurt? It's a tent. Okay. Okay. Or you may take from the market and pull cubes from the bag, the blocks from the bag, three, put one in a yak cart and put the other two back in the bag. That's the game. That's what you're doing. You're taking your action by placing your action card and trying to build up your stone towers and score the most victory points. Now, when you get these stones, you can get them from the yak cart, uh-huh. but certain yaks only want certain type of, don't want certain food, so you have to plan accordingly. At the end of the round, the yaks move, and you have a new cart that has come to your village. So you need to have the right food for the type of yak that's in front of you at the time of your turn. And plan ahead for the yaks that are coming. Gotcha, because to get a a block out of the yak cart, you got to pay the resource of that particular type that the yak is looking for. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. First off, the table presence on this is really nice. I'm plastic yak carts. I mean, it is super nice production on these things. I'm going to go ahead and put the con on this. Okay. The con con is the color of the blocks are too close. Okay. Too too hard to distinguish from one another. Yeah. Yeah. The blues, the light blues. There's even a wild stone, a light crystal stone that... You know, it's part of the, the scoring, but the yaks get lost in the mountains because if you pull a white block from the bag, they reverse direction, <laughs> which is really cool. It's yeah. really cool. So you think you've planned for your turn. I'm ready for that next yak and somebody pulls a white and you're like, Ted gummit. But, but here's the thing. How does the game end though? There's a certain timer for that too. Well, it's based on the number of levels and the person who completes the fourth level, the game ends. Got so it. you got to, got to plan around that. I'm telling you, for me, this is a very light game, but it, but it's fun. It's relaxing. 
their, their strategy. Even Donna said that. She said the strategy is incredible. Yeah, that's that, man, it's another one of those really good games. It's very easy to teach. Like you said, you've only got three actions you can take on your turn. You're getting resources or getting blocks, and you're just trying to coordinate to get the blocks situated a certain way in your tower to get a bunch of matching colors together, which is kind of the goal of the game. But it's it's one of those things that there's a lot of tension because you're looking at the at the cart that's coming and you're praying that the person doesn't mm-hmm. take the block that you need out of the cart before it gets to you. And there's open table objectives. If you once you get the bases of the game, you can put those down there that certain colors need to be in a certain level of the tower, and you'll get additional points for that. So additional ways to score victory points. And for the games I've played, now I have, I'll admit I need to update my BGG records on this, but I've played this game three or four times and they have always been very close, tight games. And people are like, I didn't think I was doing that well. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And we sat there and we tried to math it out, Marty, and say, well, if you do this, do this. And it doesn't matter how you do it, everything is going to work. There was no good way to suddenly say, I screwed up. So you can't really feel like you're screwing up. Personally, this is one of those that I'm that I enjoyed. I'm going to keep in the collection, and I'm glad we got to play it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. Again, it looks amazing. It, it for a light family game, you wouldn't think there the production would be this top notch for this style of game, but it is there. It plays you know easily under an hour. How long have your games usually taken? Forty five minutes or so. Forty five minutes um, minus the teach. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and we and we had a AP with one person, and we were like, we understand, just take your time, but still, it was around forty five minutes. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it for a light family game. It's it's top notch. Um, I think it scaled well with we had three playing, two not so much. So three to four players definitely is is the game the way to go on this game. But that is Yak from Pretzel Games. Designer is Michael Luke. Five minute initiative is complete. So Marty, did you ever see the movie? I think it was 1914. Loved it. I saw it in a the theater. I love the way that movie was filmed. So good. So when you say that, what, how, uh, so you're, you're the film aficionado. I'm not. So what do you mean the way it was filmed? The way the, the personal, uh, help me, yeah, help the, me understand. The, the, the frame of reference, just the way it was shot, like you're following the protagonist or the characters like the camera. It's not like a wide shot and you're seeing them. You're kind of going with them through the trenches and everything like that. And over the water, it was just, it was just shot really well and a, and a really good story too. So yes, 1914 loved it. Uh, I saw it too. And I really enjoyed it. I, I found it and I watched it again recently and I had just forgotten how well it was done and how tense uh, that one scene. And I'm hope I'm not confusing the movie. Um, uh, where we, you had the various time uh, spans where you had the hours in the planes and then you had the boats and you had the men. You, you are we, totally confusing this with Dunkirk. Okay, Dunkirk. No, I'm not confused. There was one tense where the guy is walking through the houses. That was 1914, wasn't it? And he kept encountering the Germans. Yeah, because he was by himself. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty but sure. The three, but the three different time spans of the plane, the boats, and and the beach. The beach. Was, yeah. night, was uh, Dunkirk. 
That was so good, too. Don't that was an amazing movie. Christopher Nolan, man, he always makes a good movie. So what brings us, why am I talking about 1914? Because we've already mentioned it. We played Quartermaster General 1914 based on the uh, the beginning of the war, uh, World War One, the war to end all wars. We saw how well that worked out. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they need to change the name of that war. Yes. Um, and this game plays two to five players from uh, Ian Brody. Name may, may ring a bell for some people. Yeah, uh, who is the uh, designer of War of the Ring card game. You're playing as Austria-Hungary or the Ottoman Turks in Germany, Russia, France, Italy, and UK, US. The goal is, I, I'm floored by this, most victory points. So here's the thing. I was interested in this game because, you know, our friend designer, David Thompson, Mm -hmm. um, of all the Undaunted series that, you know, we're huge fans of and plus some of his other solo games and everything. uh, He loves this game. And I was supposed to play with him at Origins, uh, with him and the group of guys. And it just didn't, it just didn't work out where I could. But ever since then, I wanted to try it because when you explained the rules to us, Tony, it was pretty simple. Everybody has a deck of cards. Mm Mm-hmm. And the cards are really straightforward. I can build an army, just basically take one of my little meeples and put it out on the map as long as it's at the end of a supply chain from my Mm -hmm. capital building of whichever country I am. I can build a navy, put a little boat in the water as long as there's a supply chain there. Or I could battle where if I'm adjacent to somebody else, we can have a battle or play or just do an event card. And I'm like, okay. This is very simple. What is the big deal about this game? And then you play it and you realize how everybody has asymmetric powers. And then you realize that everybody has different size decks. And then you realize the events are very thematic to the country that you're playing. And it turned into a really fun experience. And if you're not careful, you quickly determine that you did not play it well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh yeah i played here's where it comes from russia who i played as by the way there's nothing i like about it. it's a team game a team and we game. play four or five players and then to be in three versus two so uh we played against uh tony and kevin 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 and y'all were the central powers mm-hmm. which one person represents austria hungary the ottoman turkey and you were germany and then the other three, one of us was Russia, me, somebody was France and Italy, and somebody was the UK and US. Russia has the smallest deck of everybody. Yep. And you told us at the beginning of the game, by the way, once you've drawn through your deck, that's it. Whatever you got in your hand, that's all you got left. You don't get to reshuffle. You don't get to redraw. At any time, you have to draw a card from your deck, and you can't. You lose a victory point. And I went, whatever. So and I warned you. I warned you. I said, Russia, you got the smallest deck. So I'm like, oh, big deal. So at the beginning of my turn, I play a card. Now, number one, one thing I like is you can always draft. Uh, you can discard two cards and draft for a build army card mm-hmm. if you ever need one. Uh, but anyway, uh, then the next thing you can do is... Then you play a card. Yeah, I just play a card from my hand onto mm-hmm. the table. One of those things I had talked about before. You can prepare a card, which I didn't understand. Why do you want to prepare a card until later in the game? And I guess we'll talk about what that means in a second. Put a card face down on the table in front of me. I can play an attrition card, which I thought, what's the big deal about that? We'll explain that in a second. And then draw back up to a hand of seven. Okay, fine. I got this. About maybe 40% through the game, I look at my draw deck. I went, oh, crap. 
There's not a lot of cards left in that uh, deck there, Tony. He went, I told you. <laughs> and so as I look through my player aid, everything is a may. I may play a card. I may prep a card. So it got to the point, Tony, I was like, uh, Tony, it's your turn. I'm just going to pass because I didn't want to have to draw any more cards into my hand. Because you have to be able to protect yourself. So when you play a card, because the draft you've already gone over, it's pretty straightforward. Play a card. There may be a status you throw that will give you an advantage. Like I had a card where I played um, the Red Baron, which he allowed me that when I attacked, whoever I attacked had to discard the top card of their deck. So everybody's got these status cards that are going around. Meanwhile, Kevin, who's the Ottomans, or the the Austria-Hungary and the Ottomans over there, he's got the same, almost the same amount of cards as you. So he's got to be very careful there. So you've got status cards. You've got build cards of your armies or your ships, whatever you need to do, or you can have a battle card. And that initiates the battle as long as you have supply and that army can then battle against someone around you. And we talked about what a supply is. Basically, you can draw a contiguous line of your meeples back to your capital city. Right, to your capital, either through ships or through your army. So that's, yeah. that's what you've got to be able to do. So one of the things you're trying to do to your opponents is destroy their uh, supply lines. Yep. 1941, race for Moscow. We learned about supply lines. Yes. And how important they are. Second, one of the things I I really enjoy about battling, and I'm jumping all over the place, but welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Battling depends on terrain. If I am battling land and I am going to battle someone that has rough terrain, I have to discard an additional card. To start the battle. That's very important because when we talk about prepare the card and how to react, we'll go over that. So you have to think, how am I going to do this? Do I want to go ahead and burn through cards in my hand to be able to sustain this battle? Because at the end of various rounds, and I I think it's at the end of the third round, at the end of the sixth round, and and there's uh, two more scoring after that, you then see who has objective tokens and you get victory points. Scoring is easy, wasn't it? You were like, oh, how are we going to score? Look for the stars on the board. That's it. Whoever has a meeple on that star gets a point for your team, and you track two team sets of points, and you move on to the next round. Very easy. Yep. And and this is when I was explaining the rules, and luckily Mark was backing me up on the rule explanation, and I really did appreciate this. When I was explaining it, and this is where everybody, you, you know, when you get that look of mind blown by yeah. people, and I just did the thing where my hands go out of your head for those who didn't see the video. Well, okay, we're not doing video. I go, when you attack, you don't move your army in. You simply, re- if you win, you remove their army. And everybody's like, what? Wait, what? What are you talking about? I go, no, you clear that spot. You now have an open spot, and you have to consider that as you build your attack plan. So that you can clear, because you want to keep them from getting an objective. And we were going through this, and I was, I was enjoying the challenge, because it's not one of these games where you are trying to position and push through and things like that. It is, and I'm maybe I'm being unfair. It is a straight card game deck uh, management game. So it's a very common term for this type of game is a card driven game cdg war game which is what this is and you would talk i'm going to back up to those prep cards i talk about so each round you can take one of your cards and put it face down at the when you do that at the bottom of each of these cards you have a symbol it could be a shield 
It could be an arrow or it could be a, uh, a symbol of like a, a card with a skull through it. And so, Tony, if you attack me, mm-hmm. you can initiate an attack. So I'll play, my, do, play a card, all right? play a card, from my a hand. battle, battle. Battle card from my hand. Mm-hmm. From my prepped cards, I can flip over a card that shows a shield. Right. And then, basically, you've done one attack of a strength one, and basically now I've tied you. But you're the attacker, so I need to beat it. Mm-hmm. So if I flip over another card with another shield, I am now successfully defending. But now it can go back to you. And from your prep cards, you can flip over another card that has an arrow at the bottom saying it's continuing the assault. Mm-hmm. I would have to respond in like with yet another shield. We keep going back and forth until nobody can flip over any more prep cards and determine whether the attacker wins or the defender wins. Any prep cards that were used are then discarded. So I didn't understand the value of prepped cards until I saw a battle. I went, holy crap. I better get a, a line of prep cards in front of me. You don't know what the other players got. So you, that's something else you got to manage is, okay, has he been putting down arrows? Has he been putting down defensive tokens? Or has he been putting down cards that create attrition? Mm. And before we get into attrition, because that's after the prep phase, no, it's before the prep phase, you need to, and I talked about rough terrain. If you want to continue, you still, if you, if you want to continue the assault, you still have to discard but between playing a card and prepping cards is the attrition step. You may discard a single prepared card with the attrition symbol on your prep cards. What's so important about attrition? That basically, like Marty said, it's got a little symbol on it and it causes a player to discard a card. It can be discarded from their hand, from their prepared, or from their deck. Yep. They may do this. Yeah, and you get to pick. You get to pick which one it is. Yep. No, not the person playing the attrition, the person who's got to do it. And so there are some cards that will say, oh, I'm saying the person who plays in the attrition cards, if it's one of the wild cards, you get to pick who you want to discard. Right. Yeah. Right. But and the person who's got to discard chooses where they discard from. When we start, talked about the different sizes of decks, you're like, well, that doesn't seem fair. Let me tell you something <laughs> right now. <laughs> As Germany, I had the most cards, but they, y'all were killing me with attrition. I, I was I I didn't see 20 plus cards in my hand because of all the attrition that was going on. Yeah. Cuz cuz there's some special cards that made me get rid of 3 plus an additional 2 because Mark had his fleet on the board, the navy brat. I was like, "Come on. Give me a chance here." What I loved was when uh so um Kevin was playing the Austrians Hungary etc. His deck had four more cards in mine and when we saw what was happening where I was getting to the point where I just wasn't playing a card on my turn. He was hitting that same point. Then myself and especially Mark started prepping these attrition cards and we would always pick Kevin because if he had kept having to discard by the end of the game, he was to the point where he was having to give up a victory point because he had no card in his deck to discard Mm -hmm. anymore, which is a part of the strategy, which is, we play this game again. Everybody will be way more careful if you're Russia or Austria to make sure to keep cards on your draw deck. Right. And I lost, and due to attrition, I lost my cards that allowed me to do sea battles. So I could not break up Mark's convoy. I was sitting there going, I cannot believe this because I had some great cards in my hand. So I did the blind discard and I'm like, Oh man. So I went through my discard pile, which you're allowed to do and saw what the, I was like, Oh, uh, and I looked at my 
player aid card and said, you only had two of these. I'm like, well, crap, this is mm-hmm. not good. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm, mm. you know what I love too, is the, uh, the player order. So you're going to play over 17 rounds and the order is always the same. Every single game. It starts with Austria, Hungary, which is on one team, Russia, which is another team, Germany, which is paired with Austria, Hungary, then France, Italy, UK, US gets to go. So, Two teammates get to go back to back, which I thought was really important. And it's at the end of the round, which kind of gave them a little bit of advantage at that point because they were at the end of the round. If the scoring round was coming up, they would try to make sure they're in position to be able to score. Let's talk a little bit about the overall. We've we've talked about the mechanics of how to play, how to win, most victory points, objectives, all that good stuff. So some things we'll talk about here is, first off, you've already mentioned it's very – thematic. I think you said that. And I'll admit for each of the countries as I was watching people play, it was it. They have Ian Brody has definitely got it. Oh, Brits have the naval power. U.S. didn't come into the battle until late. And our game, Mark didn't even get him out of the country. <laughs> Bart and I are going, dude, if you just build an army in the U.S., that's at least a victory point every scoring round. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true to the feel of the battle. Tension-wise, and y'all are like, I mean, you know, we're not rolling dice or we're doing any of this hard tension or anything, but there was tension on that uh, on the game. Oh, 100%, especially in battles, because you had that card, that status card out there that made you discard the top card of your deck. And I'm staring, sitting there as Russia with like three or four cards in my deck, knowing all you got to do is just keep attacking me. So I'm like, does he have any attack cards in his hand? And if he does, does he, can he keep assaulting me with what's his prep cards? Can I afford to put more prep cards in play? which would hurt my draw pile, which means you could hit me that way. And then then Mark comes out with the sweetest status card of all, build an army oh. and that card goes back in your hand. Yeah. Mm. I would I would I need to I wish I had the game. I, I mean I left it over there. I forgot all about it. And I wish I could see if there was a way I know there was a way to eliminate my status cards. I want to see if there was a way to eliminate his status card. Because mm. that card was irritating. Because I'd wipe out an area and he had a supply line and he was able to build right where I just destroyed an army. He brought them back onto the table and there I'm like, this is, this is useless to me. So I, I, maybe I need to go. I had to bolster my, my, um, Western front and I should have concentrated on the Eastern front. Right. Oh, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot lot of fun. David Thompson said, look, try to play with five. And I totally get it because Mm -hmm. everybody has their own deck of cards that they're playing. Like if we only had four there, how it's set up is that somebody has to play as Austria, Hungary and Germany together. And so then it's one versus three uh, at that point. So it's uh, which that means somebody has got to play two different decks. And when, I don't know, for me, when I got to start dealing with two different decks of cards, it's just more to have to think about, but you can play all the way down to two. And then one person basically plays each side of the war, but then you're just manipulating all these decks. So for me, I think I'd always want to play with five because I just think it'd be most fun that way. Four, four would be okay, I think. Four would be okay, but it does put a lot on one player because he's having to play against the other three, but that makes sense. Yeah, every well, every country has to be in play. It's not like you can play, okay, with four players, you're just not going to use this one deck. It just, it just doesn't work that way at all. So I was very impressed again. 
I mean, I, I just get super impressed with games where the player terms are very easy and simple to understand. But Ian Brody's created a game with a lot of strategy, a lot of tension. I love the team play. I'm, I wonder how this differs from the Quartermaster General World War II, if it's more than just theme. I would assume the events are different. The probably the yeah. I would assume the overall way you play is the same, but the events and the way the armies are built are different, obviously. Right. And I think I had Quartermaster General at one time and sold it at uh, somewhere because I could never get the right player count. And now what's interesting, Tony, is after playing this and then going back to the demo that we played of War of the Ring at Gen Con, which is designed by the, this same designer, now I see how the same mind did this because each of the factions in Lord of the Rings played totally different. Mm-hmm. It was a card-driven combat game. There's no dice or anything. So you see the same brain behind Quartermaster General that made the Lord of the Rings game. And that's why I think it's going to be such a big hit. Original Quartermaster plays up to six. Oh, that'd be crazy fun. That's crazy, crazy fun. Once again, Quartermaster General, Ares Games. I'm wrapping it up here, Ian Brody. We really enjoyed it. Definitely, it's a game for... Five people, we've got a good group there. I'm sure it plays well, you know, four, but for Marty and I, that's the only, I, I think that's the only time I'd want to play it. Yeah. And you know what? That's one of those things, Tony. I'm actually going to throw in the car for Mega Moose Con. There'll be a lot of people there. We could probably get a group of five. I'd love to try it again. So. Absolutely. Tony, we say it over and over again about how, y'all, if, if you're not checking out Miniature Market very frequently or a member of their um, mailing list, it's amazing the number of things that you miss. I didn't realize it because I missed it. I checked an email that they had. Did you see this where uh, free shipping for 75 and, and over yes. on orders? It's usually $99. They ran a special for $75 which is literally nowadays one game mm-hmm. or two at the most, and then you get free shipping. So that's a really good deal. We're recording this over Labor Day. Amazing deal for going on for Labor Day. But to see, by the time we record these spots, those sales are over, and we don't know what's coming up. So the only thing that we can recommend is make sure to go out to miniaturemarket.com, sign up for the mailing list. We know that Essen is right around the corner, which means there's going to be a lot of pre-orders coming up for those Essen games. And the games that came out of Gen Con are now showing up in their store at amazing prices. Many of the games that we talked about here in this episode uh, are there right now. So head over to miniaturemarket.com. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. At Gen Con, I got to check out a game called Fife from Pegasus Spiel. Designers by Kosh and Beth, who works with uh, Pegasus Spiel, said, you kind of like that game. I said, I did. We'd love to cover it. She said, well, how about if I send you guys a review copy? So we got a review copy, Tony, and I brought it to game night. Number one, the production of this is top notch. So everybody's got a player board. Uh, it's a two-layer board of a grid uh, with little uh, circles in the grid where you can place these wooden discs. And these wooden discs are super nice. The discs have different patterns there's five different colors there's five or five different color backgrounds five different symbols on there five different numbers 
and you draw a token from the bag and you put it on the board. That's really straight and forward and simple. But the first time that you place a token on the board and there's not a scoring tile to the left of the row or the top of the column, you assign one to that row or column. And each of these have some sort of requirement in order to score points. A scoring tile would be, okay, you need a sequential number here, one, two, three, four, five, or descending number, five, four, three, two, one, or none of the numbers are, can match, or none of the symbols can match, or you need three of one and two of another background color. It's all these different combinations of colors, symbols, and backgrounds that once you've assigned that scoring tile to that row or column, then as you draw tokens out of the bag, you, you draw one from the bag and put it on your tableau with another token and you get to place one of those and your goal is try to complete those scoring objectives. And when you do, you'll get points at the end of the at the end of the game. If you're the first one to score that particular tile, then you get to claim some bonus points. This game hurts. This game is frustrating. This game is irritating. And I oh. mean that in a good way. Okay. I mean it in a good way because you are sitting there knowing that if you could accomplish this, you'll get these points and try to uh chain this. So you're sitting there. Blowing your mind trying to think, okay, what are my chances of getting this token or getting this token? Do I want to sacrifice this scoring on this column so that I can score this row? Mm. And how do I get the benefit of other ones? You're constantly doing that. And it's very important to see what the other people are pulling because you've got to know what's in the token. You, you have to card count. You really do because the, you know the exact uh, tokens that you're looking for. And Bert was saying that he was looking at everybody else's mm. board to see what well, is the is the token that I need even available yet. Oh, we didn't mention this. There's also these lucky charms. There's these discs are in the bag with shells that allow you to basically uh, take one of these special one time per game player powers that you can use to possibly maybe trade tokens on your board for another in the bag, swap tokens on the board, make something wild, etc. So those randomly come out of the bag too, which could help you achieve your objectives. I enjoyed this game. I was not very good at it. I did not plan accordingly. Mm -hmm. I felt like I really messed myself up and I was trying to do too much. I was trying to accomplish too many scoring objectives. And I think that's something on your first playthrough, you're not really sure how it will come together. You're not really sure, okay, how do I need to score? I, don't forget, you got to score on a diagonal as well. You can score on two of the diagonals. So you've really got to be watching that and see what's left for you to score and see how you can match that up. I would play this anytime. And it plays fast. There's, it plays fast. It's yeah. a solitaire game, right? There's no player interaction, except if you happen to score one of the tiles first, you do get to claim a, a bonus token if you're the first one to do it. So you might look around the table and see, uh, uh, shoot, I think Tony might be able to score this one also. So if I can score it quickly, I'll get a, a few ex extra bonus points. But yeah, it's, it's, it's stressful when you assign a row, a scoring uh, way, like none of the colors can match in this row. And all you need is a purple and you mm -hmm. can't draft a purple, <laughs> you know, as the board fills up on this five by five grid, you have to put a token somewhere. You so you have to sacrifice some of the scoring tiles and hope that you can leave that one spot open, get that one tile you need for the big score. Again, okay, sure, it does play solitaire. There's not a, play, a lot of play interaction, but it is super thinky. Bert said it like this. He said, it's like Sudoku, 
but adding in colors and numbers where mm-hmm. there's a certain goals that you set for columns and rows, but you're the one setting the goals instead of the game setting it for you. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, how am I going to achieve the max points out of this? And it was just unreal how I kept messing myself up. It frustrated me. It really frustrated me, this game. But that's a good frustration. Like it when games challenge me like this. Yep. So you just keep pulling tokens till everybody's filled all 25 squares in this 5 by 5 grid. Count up points and the game is over. I like it just like Yak. Uh, this is a simple family game. Very easy to teach. I will keep this one on my shelf. Production top notch those with those wooden bits. Fife by Pegasus Spiel. Another good little light family and gamers game. Five minute initiative is complete. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. At the end of Gen Con, we're walking around. Marty's picking up Scout. He's doing all this other fun buys on Sunday. Goes by publisher Alley Cat Games. And he's talking to him, and they hand over to him a game called Paper Dungeons. This game is designed by Lindro Perez. And this is a, I call him, um, this is a rolling right. Plain and simple, isn't you, it? You call them a rolling right. Okay, they call them a rolling right. I was thinking flipping right. I was getting confused with something else. You're rolling some dice. You're exploring a dungeon. You're trying to vanquish villains. You are trying to kill some minions. Meanwhile, you're trying to level up your adventuring party that consists of a warrior, a wizard, a rogue, and a... It's not a paladin. It's a, a cleric. 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 Yeah. Cleric. And based on the cards you take at the beginning, determines because there are six dice in this game and... Those dice are either white or black, and those match up to the various le- uh, various skills or your adventuring party. Two are going to be white dice, two are going to be bl- black dice. You roll the dice, you assign the dice, you can level up your party, you can increase your health, you can bruise some potion, you can craft some artifacts, you can move through the dungeon. And when you move through the dungeon, you might encounter a minion and hopefully your level is high enough to where you can defeat that minion so you can gain the treasure in that dungeon. Meanwhile, you have three rounds and on each break in the, uh, I'm sorry, you have three levels of big baddies out there and they come out at certain times. And as long as you go into their room, you may battle them. And depending on how well you are, you may be the big beater of them and get all that surprise loot or you survive your health. But if you don't, then you run away, run away, run away. And you take some damage. Person with the most victory points wins. Roll dice, mark a dungeon, level people up. That's it. That's, that's all there is to this game. But I loved it. It was a blast. I'm not, I'm not a roll and write fan, but this is one of the best thematic roll and writes I've played in a while. It is really interesting to decide how you want to use the dice of, man, I got, you know, I want to move through the dungeon because there's these gems that are in the dungeon. Everybody's got their own sheet of paper. They're moving through. And once somebody claims a gem, nobody else can claim it because, hey, somebody else picked it up. More gems you claim, uh, the more uh, points you'll get for those gems. You want to make sure you have potions because potions can basically soak up damage. When you take damage, you can assign it to a potion that you've created or you actually have to take it to your character. If your damage ever uh, exceeds your HP, 
If, if your damage ever exceeds your, you die and you have to be resurrected and you take negative points. The game doesn't end for you. You're going to just take negative points. The more damage you have, the more negative points that you're going to mm -hmm. take. The more minions you kill as you go through the dungeon, the more uh, points you'll get. And it's the typical roll and write sort of thing, right? Uh, after you make a line of potions, you may get a bonus at the end where you level mm -hmm. up somebody for free. You can craft uh, yeah, artifacts artifact. and weapons mm -hmm. and everything that gives you bonuses of being able to go through walls or go over waterways. So you got to decide which uh, uh, specialties or skills that you get to help you do the dungeon crawl. I, it's good. I it enjoyed fun. it. And it was it was just it was fun, quick. It was very solitary. It was very solitary. There wasn't any. Well, no, there's no player interaction really. There's no player, so everybody gets a choice between the six die. And we were getting on because you know, hey, that was a poor roll. You just rolled poorly. I couldn't level up. And based on the level of your character, you will get certain. The lowest level character gets you a certain amount of victory points. Certain characters, when they hit a level, hey, special bonuses happen. And as far as the dungeon, the dungeon maps are concerned, they're all the same. The, the minions are the same. The traps are the same. The gems are the chain, same. The only difference is which baddies come out and you add walls. So you um, pick a dungeon or randomly draw and everybody, you know, draws in the walls and things like that. There's water in your way. You can't go through walls unless you artifacts, uh, build artifacts of special abilities. That's probably my only con to this game, Marty, is uh -huh. it's going to be the same dungeon over and over other than adding walls and baddies so hopefully maybe they'll have some expansions to it so let me ask you this because you are played way more uh rolling rights than i have uh, wouldn't that be a criticism of a, of a lot of rolling rights that you played gone sean clever i mean it's the same tablet every time it is but here it's a race against you to get the gems okay because how i level the characters up that's gone sean all that's on the side twice as clever how you level up and combo stuff, that's what that game is. The dungeon is what makes this different. So I can see where people might say, okay, I've done all the dungeons. Uh, so the only random is the dice roll. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, and then if I figure out what's going to be better here and how well you're playing. But once again, very solitary. I don't know if we play this 10 times, if it was going to live up to the, the fun of it, like um, Twice as Clever did. But once again, it was fun. Yes, and it plays up to eight players. Plays about thirty minutes, which is which is about spot on. Bert destroyed us. Mm -hmm. I think he got the bonus for every monster that was uh, was killed. So with the monsters, uh, you have to have a certain level of strength to be able to defeat the monster. But the more strength you have, the less damage you'll take. But if you do better than anybody else, there's a little bonus for each of them. No, I dug it. I mm -hmm. dug it. I'm not a rolling right person, but I, I enjoyed this one. So that was Paper Dungeons from Alley Cat Games, designed by. Lindro Perez. Five minute initiative is complete. We talk about Ultra Pro. They've been a sponsor here for a couple weeks and we've kept them, kept them entertained. Several months. Several months. We want to make sure that they continue. So we got to do a good job here. <laughs> that's true <laughs> there, there, you know that affiliate link Tony that we have on our website that, I was that getting ready to talk about that using mm -hmm. our show notes uh, if y'all would just you know in your podcast does the link show up in the on the podcast apps yes 
Okay. Oh, no, I don't know if it does. I know I've put it out on the main page, so who yeah. knows? Uh, just click that. Just just at least click it, just to show that, that uh, somebody's clicking on those links. That would be very helpful. And remember, if you uh, do go out there and order something to use code RDTN and get 5% off, Tony actually found out that code was not working. A good friend of ours went out there to order like $100 worth of card sleeves, and uh, he was going to use our code. He said it just doesn't work, so we reached out to them. There was an issue on their, the back end, and they got that fixed. So now code RDTN now gets you 5% off your order. Also, we talked about this in other subpots, but you may want to sign up for their newsletters as well because they've had a big Labor Day sale going on right now. Save like 20, 25% on various top loaders, um, card sleeves, deck protectors, all that fun stuff that you may need as you continue to um, work on your decks, your magic decks, whatever you might be doing, or if you're, oh, I don't know, possibly um sleeving some lord of the rings cards because you know i've got the greasy hands from front porch and i'm gonna be playing that who knows you may want to check that out as well as all their theme decks that hey you know what i would really like to get you know a different type of uh theme like a very cool looking unstable planes standard deck protector sleeves and i have no clue what that means in the world of magic because i don't play it but you may and you may want to head over to ultrapro.com and check all that out and be sure to see the various items and games that they have for sale from magic the gathering dungeons and dragons pokemon and just basic pop culture stuff Once again, thanks to everybody who listens to this awesome background noise of a podcast. Always remember your safety. Never listen to rolling dice and taking names while in the car for the chance of nodding off, especially on a long drive. Operating heavy equipment. Yeah, that would be a bad thing too. I mean, you know, or while mowing your grass. You need you need to be making those cuts. But all in all, Marty, I just, you know, we, we've had some good game days. We have had a lot of good game days recently. It's been fun. It's been fun um, between the four game days. You know, we got back from Gen Con. We have gotten in a lot of different. And with Mega Moose Con coming up, we're going to throw in a bunch of extra games uh, probably over the next two days because of all the extra time that we have. You know, we would be playing more games if you wouldn't obsess with the front porch about Mega Moose Con. I got to eat somewhere. Pack a lunch bag. Hey, Lisa's got a food truck there during the day, so we can eat at the food truck for wow. lunch. Man. Yeah, I enjoy Mega Moose Con. I, I hate that I'm... Well, okay, what am I saying? I only get one day anyway, <laughs> so I enjoy my Saturday. I enjoy going down there on Saturday. I do have to finish up getting ready for the auction. I know we mentioned that. So for those of you that are attending, I believe we're set on the time, 11 to noon, on the auction on Saturday. Yep. I'm really looking forward to that. But until then, keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dyson Names. Join our Discord channel. We've got some big things coming up. And next episode, we're going to talk about some classical music. Ready for Portal? It's interactive. All right. So just recently over at the AMs. <laughs> what the heck? Hold on. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs>
Amazon and his phone. It's like we've been doing this for 10 years. <laughs>